We are live. Welcome to Indigo Air, episode one, Altered States. Everything will probably change. Uh, we're just basically workshopping what the podcast is going to be called, what's going to be the motivation behind it. But we just like talking about these ideas of spirituality, transcendent states, uh, cutting edge science, and how it all relates to how we're going to grow individually and as a society in very strange, precarious times that are quite uncertain at the moment. So even the intro will probably change, but here we are. Would you like to introduce yourself? Nope. I'll go first then. Yeah. I'm Megan, and I have been fascinated with the ideas of spirituality, altered states of consciousness, and how all this may affect the outside world. You know, this idea of Neo sitting in the room with all the kids who have the telepathic powers, where the kid tells them there is no spoon, and you bend it by bending your mind. I think that's going to be a lot of what we talk about. I'm sure we'll cut into other ideas too, but uh, Indy and I have been really experimenting a lot with how our consciousness can shape reality, not just literally thinking something and doing it in the physical world, but setting intentions and understanding that everything starts in the mind. So this at the same time being a podcast will also be sort of a workshopping for ourselves as we're trying to figure out these ideas. I'm working on various small books that are going to help people understand this and she's working on protocols sort of have like a day-to-day practice that keeps you in that mind state to move in the right direction so you wanted to talk a little bit about what the episode was about so i'll let you go from there oh, okay actually i'm i am gonna do an intro um like kind of what led me here basically yeah. uh i think it all started with with uh, a turning point in my life where i started meditating as a way to get myself out of like a really bad stuck situation in life. Um, and I, it's turned into a journey of spiritual awakening. And, um, lately it's been leading to deeper questions about the nature of reality and, uh, how much control we really have, uh, on the world around us and shaping it, which I think is the perfect topic to start out on just um the nature of reality and mindfulness and how much control we really have over our minds and then uh consequentially our reality as well cool so i wanted i there's this thing that we had talked about before we started the show that i it was one of our topics and i want to jump into this one i don't know if it just feels right uh I was watching the Doctor Strange movie, the new one. And it's all about the multiverse and the different dimensions and every decision you make creates a new dimension. A lot of people have talked about this. I think it's slightly low resolution and it's only because we don't have enough information about whatever the heck's going on. It may be even more complicated than that because who's to say that you individually, your human being, the, 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 the decision you make left or right is so impactful that an entire universe is made for you. So there's this level of like, cute, naive arrogance we have about how important all of our decisions are. But just to play with this idea, not in the sense that a new universe is created, but in a sense, a new psychological universe is created where one, you can look back and say, what if I made this decision? Where would I be now? Would you be every little decision? Like if you wait to leave the house for five minutes, you you would have left at a certain time, but you, you know, you said, I'm going to use the bathroom now before I get to work. Um, 
it's so different. You're going to pass different lights. You're going to see different cars. Those cars are going to make you think different things. You might have not seen that car from an old friend that you had. It makes you think of a whole memory, like because you never saw that car because you left five minutes later. These things are incredibly impactful, and they start happening immediately after the decision is made, like a butterfly effect thing. And it is really taken for granted. So I wanted to start with this idea of imagining every decision is a zero one or a yes, no, like, like making it a little bit less complicated than like, you know, uh, you know, an advanced problem where you can pick four different things. Let's keep it simple. Yes, no. And, you know, what is the smallest unit of time or space where we can make a decision and what sort of things can we do to be in more control? Because people don't like the word control. They're like, well, you know, shouldn't try to control everything, but there's a certain level of control. That's good. You want to be in the driver's seat of your own life. So I, I wanted to get your thoughts on how important it is to be absolutely present with every single decision you're making. So you can justify even just like walking out of a room. Like, why did you walk out of that room? Exactly. So I, don't, I just want to have your yeah. thoughts on it. Well, like I kind of wanted to rewind to what you were saying about um, like a new universe is created every time you make a decision, um, like in every moment. I actually think that may be true because basically we have like infinite potential and anything you think of does exist, right? Like otherwise we couldn't think of it. So literally moment to moment, every time you make a decision, you are creating a new universe or a new timeline. It's just that your point of consciousness that you're aware of is sitting in the middle of the decision that you just made. So, I mean, like, obviously you can't be, maybe you can, but obviously it would be really difficult uh, to be in such control that every single moment you're, you're so mindful of your thoughts that, that literally nothing escapes you, not even the passing thoughts. Right. But, but the more you can be present and focus on that, the more you are in the driver's seat. Right. Because because you're there for the decisions and then you realize how many you're actually making on a daily basis. Like, yeah, yeah I think it would, uh, I think, uh, the more, the more that I pay attention, the more I realize that every little detail is like you said, having the butterfly effect out. Yeah. I also think that what I've noticed is that the decisions that I'm like really present and conscious for usually have me pursuing things that produce serotonin <laughs> and the ones that I'm not present for usually have me seeking cheap dopamine, right? So if I'm really present, I'm not going to go get that extra coffee or, 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 or go get that meal I shouldn't be eating or going on the internet and scrolling on my phone. Those are sort of these dopaminergic um, mm. things we're going to get from that. When I'm really conscious, I'm like, oh, I should sit down and write. I should go for a hike. I should go for a walk. So that's another thing I found interesting. And I think it sort of actually lends to, we were, like I said, we were talking earlier, we were talking about brainwaves. Hmm. And when you're in that present moment and everything's more calm, you're getting into these lower frequency brainwaves. But you also seem to seek higher things. Like if it was Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you'd be seeking aspirational and self-actualization goals as opposed to when you're high, high like up tense and all that you're making tons of decisions that you're not even present for yeah. most of them really aren't good for you 
if you're having a conversation with someone, it's more likely to not go good if you're on those higher brainwave frequencies because you're just going to say things you're not even thinking you're saying as opposed to being in those lower um, frequency brainwaves. You're going to be making more conscious decisions with everything you're saying. You'll be more careful with your words. You're probably going to be in a more like compassionate state. So things aren't going to get out of control. That's what I found personally. Yeah. Well, I think like, uh, I don't know. I think we live in a world that, that, that keeps us in high stress and what we're essentially doing, like when we're there is we're kind of acting out of like our survival instincts, which is why we're just seeking the instant gratification it's just like we're looking for anything to just make that um, uncomfortable feeling go away yeah um i did want to ask you if you could break down the difference between getting like hits of serotonin and hits of dopamine yeah so serotonin is going to be um serotonin release from like a reward system that you've created as a result of seeking something that's going to be like when you complete a meaningful goal where you feel like you've added to your own purpose and meaning and success or something like that like if i sit down i was like i'm gonna write 10 pages in this book that i'm working on and i get those 10 pages done when i'm done it's like that feeling of completion and one closer to a goal or if i just have like a foot race with a friend and I put all the effort into it and I beat them. It's like, that's what's going to give you the serotonin. What's going to give you the dopamine is more of just a really quick chemical reaction, like nicotine or sugar, right? You're just, you're getting the reward without the work. Yeah. And so you're going to, it's going to have a more of like the dopaminergic. It's like the quick, it's like the easy fix. The serotonin requires work. I feel it's a goal thing. It's completion. Interestingly enough, if you go like this with your body, it produces serotonin. It's a celebratory stance that even people that have never seen before, like people that are blind, they'll throw that. It's not taught. This is an actual physical physiological response to celebrating a completion of a goal, which then produces serotonin. And so they, they even say, if you're about to go into an interview and you're afraid, go in the bathroom and do this and celebrate. Mm. Like you've already, you've already uh, completed the interview. It'll actually give you serotonin. You'll walk in happier feeling more successful, like you can do it and you'll perform better in the interview. Also serotonin regulates body posture. So that's what makes you lift your head up, put your nose up a little bit, puff your chest out. And so those are the major differences. Yeah. And why dopamine can be good if you reward yourself after you've completed a goal and gotten serotonin too. Yeah. And just like if somebody's listening and not looking at you, what you're doing is like both arms up at like 45 degrees up in the air, like you're, like you're celebrating. Um, I also think it's interesting that there's like a, like a Kundalini yoga position. That's like that called the ego eradicator. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah. I've heard of the, I've seen the pose, but I didn't know it was called the ego eradicator. Well, I don't know the, uh, I don't know the actual, like the Hindi word for it or or whatever, but it's called the ego eradicator. And you just hold your arms up like that with your thumbs pointing in and you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just like pulse your breath, like you pulse your diaphragm and you breathe rapidly for like however long it is. But, uh, it feels really good. Like it feels really good when you're done with it. I'm going to do one tonight. (laughs) Yeah. But I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, unless you want to say 
something on your end. I wanted to add one more anecdotal story about about serotonin. Uh, so there's an interest, you know, about the people know about the circadian rhythm, and so the the three three of the main um, uh, neurochemicals that are associated with the circadian rhythm are serotonin, melatonin, um, and and dimethyltryptamine. So what happens is when you go to bed with enough of so tryptophan is like one of the major builder, building blocks, but there's other pieces to it. But so what happens when you go to bed with enough of that tryptophan in your in your system and all the other stuff you need to synthesize um, melatonin. So serotonin helps with this. So if you, the more serotonin you have in your day, the more that can turn over to melatonin. Once you have 25 grams that can be synthesized, mm-hmm. that's when you can really get into your sleep state. Another thing that has to happen is light has to be blocked from your eyes. So the messaging is it's dark now, go to sleep. So when you go to bed, the melatonin starts getting produced. When it gets to 25 grams, you go, to, you can get to deep slate, deep state sleep, and it starts to turn into dimethyltryptamine, which produces dreams. Mm-hmm. When you have these meaningful dreams and you get all the stuff out that you need to get out, you know, there's lots of questions about what dreaming does. But one thing it seems to do, especially when we're in a good state, we have these really cool dreams. They're fun. They're explorative. Sometimes they're they're reflective. They tell us things about ourselves that we need to know. Helps us solve problems. Dreams are amazing. They're like the simulation room for us. Yes. I would have dimethyltryptamine experiences where I was pretty much aware of the fact that I was getting DMT dumps, conscious lucid in my dreaming, mm-hmm. things like astral projection. Whatever you want to say astral projection actually is, it feels like a different state than dreaming or lucid dreaming, which is being aware of your dreaming. feels like you leave your body and go to these amazing landscapes that aren't even explainable in reality and feel more real than reality i had one time that it happened to me and when it was a great experience i woke up starving but Mm -hmm. in an incredible mood so good so because what happens at the third stage is you you all that all the excess is turned into serotonin and you start your day in a great mood and then the cycle repeats. And now obviously just do the math and you can understand the opposite cycle of that and how we get into cycles of depression, which turn into bad sleep, which turn into nightmares when mm-hmm. we, whenever we can dream. You see, so like this is what's at the focus of this. And in each stage, it, it requires different things. Like serotonin requires you to get up in the morning and do those 10 push-ups, mm-hmm. Even if it sucks, just do them because you just produced a little bit of serotonin by feeling like you completed a goal. Right. And then do one more, do a couple more things and then have breakfast. Right. Then you give yourself the reward because going back to what the original topic is for the, for the podcast, the state of mind you're in for every decision you make is so incredibly important. Right. It can be the difference between getting in a terrible bar fight, you know, cause you're in a crap mood. You woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Mm-hmm. And you decided, you know what? I'm not going to let this person disrespect me as opposed to, you know what? My ego, I don't need to prove myself right now. I'm going to go home and get a good night's sleep and not wake up with a black eye. Like literally mm-hmm. little things like that, like being in just a little bit better of a good mood. And this cuts across all decisions that you make. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to tie this back into <laughs> the point, which is... Yeah. I think we are coming back to just being conscious for the decisions and realizing the impact that you're having in every moment. And I think that's what you were saying that it just spirals into, well, like it, it snowballs either way. So it could snowball into this really like 
fulfilling lifestyle or it can snowball into this cycle of depression and constantly looking for a quick fix and giving into your addictions, whether that's just like scrolling the internet or, you know, caffeine or whatever. Yeah. And I want to hear, I want to pick your brain about, about some of these things uh, that all the little things that can pull you away. Right. So me and you have discussed lately that the internet sometimes feels like it's turning on us. <laughs> right. And it, it's weird. Like we'll notice things and we know how much the, these phones are listening to us. We might have a conversation about something and, and then on the internet, it will make us feel totally weird about that particular topic. And mm -hmm. it'll show you all the worst things about this idea that you were just talking about. Or, you know, you'll mention something and you'll get 10 ads for something that involves a problem that you're trying to solve. Like, oh, well, here's a product that'll solve it. So we know this internet's listening. And the question becomes like, what are the internet's motives, right? We know that when we get into a good mood, there's a lot of people that are crabs and buckets to see you in a good mood and want to pull you down. We know that we have our own shadow. We have our own pieces of our belief system that are bad philosophies. We were either taught or we accidentally learned or we read the wrong book. You know, we read an outdated, uh, outdated philosophy on economics or whatever it is. And so we have all these different forces at work that can, that can pull us down and pull us away from what you might call a righteous path. And so I'm just curious, like, you know, give me a life in the day of like how you navigate it, the things you see. And like, cause you, I think you've had a lot of revelations lately about all the little ways that these things can sneak up on you that maybe we didn't notice before, but as we're starting to pay attention more and you're starting to see like this tribe arise out of, mm -hmm. out of, out of the world, really that's starting to see, wow, I, I was mixed up with a lot of bad stuff. I didn't even realize was bad stuff. Yeah, well, I think um, I think you brought up a lot there to unpack. Like, I think if we go down the road of like, okay, well, how much is our little black box like influencing us on like really like a subconscious level to influence the decisions that we're making? Like, we can kind of open that that whole you know Pandora's box or whatever uh, and talk about that. But I think. Um, I think it, the, the best approach for it or like what I have to do when I feel myself getting really pulled off track, then the first thing I have to do is just not let anything else into my brain for a little bit. Just like, okay, I gotta fucking, I gotta turn it all off for a second just so I can hear myself think. And um, yeah, cause if, if I give into the discomfort of uh, the mood I'm starting to get into and I start scrolling, then I'm, I'm already being influenced. Like immediately I'm being influenced for the next decision I'm going to make. I'm being influenced for the thoughts that I'm going to have for the next hour or two of my life. So like for me, I just take it back to basics. Like when I can, when I'm in the state of mind to do so, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I'm just going to drink a glass of water and if I need to like center myself, I'm just going to go for a walk, like straight up, like the, the simplest things, you don't even know the, the profound effect that they have on your life. Like, yeah, like, um, maybe I'm starting to get pulled down some kind of like internet rabbit hole of like, <laughs> oh, here are like 
10 signs that your best friend's a narcissist who's controlling you. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, let me take a time out before I watch this video that's possibly going to ruin my three closest friendships. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm gonna let myself like really connect with nature, just, just uh, getting into the sensory experience of moving in the world. So drink the glass of water, feel the water on my tongue, feel it go down, you know, go outside, feel the wind on my face, look into the sky, um, just really ground myself in the present moment. And that's, that's usually like enough to get me back in a place where I'm paying attention to the next thing I'm doing or the next thing I'm thinking about. Um, yeah, I mean, I have, I have other things I do to keep myself in, in what I consider like a good state of mind. Um, yeah. But maybe we don't want to talk about nutrition yet. <laughs> yeah, we can jump into it though, for sure. I mean, I have, I think the question I have for you, the next question, a couple of thoughts I have will kind of lead into that anyway. Um, so I'm the kind of person, like, even though I have the ideas, what I need to do in my head, I need to write stuff down sometimes and like have lists, right? So what yeah. I would need to do in order to do what you do, because I'm not there yet, I would need to literally type that out, print it out and tape it in four places, <laughs> right? For me to be like, and when I'm bugging out, I have to see the paper and I have to be like, mm -hmm. okay, let's 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 do a couple of these methods that are going to get me back in the right mind state. But even though that's why I obsess over this idea of this like zero one uncertainty thing, because I'm sitting there, I know the right decision I want to make, mm -hmm. but I'll be honest. Like I often choose the incorrect one. Like I off, I often lean toward the wrong one. And I remember when I was younger, my discipline was stupid. Like mm. I couldn't make, like I, I drank tea and water for since you know what I mean? Like, like once I became my own person, I didn't drink the, like drink Kool-Aid and all that stuff that my mom would make mm -hmm. tea and water, all healthy foods. I worked out every single day. There was, there was absolutely zero problem with it. But I, what I realized is as I undergo under underwent like more stress and like more traumatic experiences, it got more to the point where that zero decision was the decision I made more often. You know, mm -hmm. that negative decision that would that would take me down. And I would even look at both decisions knowing I should choose one. And there just wasn't the fervor and the will and the passion. Even though I knew I was a willful, stubborn, passionate person before, like, what, what would you say is, like, the major issue for me? Besides, you know, I don't have <laughs> <What>? self-control. <laughs> what do I think your problem is? Okay, Yeah, what cool. the fuck's wrong with me? Yeah. Seems like a safe question. <laughs> Huh? Um, seems like a safe question to answer. Yeah, yeah it totally. Is. Well, like I, I can relate to what you're saying though. There are times where I'm like, I know with everything in me, what the, in this, like the way you're putting it, what the one decision would be. Like, I know with everything in me that that is the one, that is the decision to make, but somewhere like the, the willpower falls short. But I would say probably the thing that I've been doing for, for, I think my advantage here, just in terms of like not giving in to certain um, lifestyle, like certain addictions or something is just that I've been building my habits out for much longer probably. And I just haven't let myself fall on them because it didn't yeah. start out with like, Oh, I'm making all the decisions, like, like all the right decisions all the time. It's like, you know, maybe I just make one different decision a week, 
that just changes my traje- trajectory. Like, uh, like I start going to the gym and I'm like, well, I don't go to the gym a lot, but I go one day a week. Like I can, I can make myself do that one thing. And, yeah. uh, yeah. Or like one day a week, I'm going to have a meal that doesn't have any meat in it. Right. And then I just, uh, instead of like feeling like I need to have some kind of positive feedback on it, where I was, where it's like, I need to like go to the gym, like six days a week, or I feel like a failure. It's like, you know what? I can just be present for one decision a week or one decision a day. Like I can just be present just once. And then I can feel over time the reward of doing that. Like I can feel it getting easier. I can feel the sense of pride in myself for sticking with it and for building up on those habits. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? What do you think you're like, um, what would you like to improve basically? A lot of different things. Well, first I want to talk about the one decision thing. I used to have this rule and I just made a video about it recently and you sort of inspired and reminded me of this rule that I used to have, which was the rule of one. But for mine, it was even more minute. Like it was like, do one push up mm-hmm. a day, still one more than you were doing. And then when you feel like it, do one more, do two a day. Yeah. It's good anyway. So you don't burn your body out, but it's like really good because you know that it's not a big deal. And once you get to 50 push ups in a row, it feels like nothing because you had gotten in increments one up. So that's something I've actually been doing lately. For me, it's like, I think uh, the, the last couple of years, I mean, everyone can agree with this. It's been like really stressful. And there was just a lot of things that all kind of formed into one. If I were to say the one thing that really bought, like is messing up my stride, is I look at these two decisions and honestly, the thing that pops in my head is like, it's fucking doesn't matter anyway. Like nothing, nothing matters. The world's ending. What do oh, I care? Yeah. And it's a terrible place to be. There's <laughs> nothing good about it. Even if, the, even if literally the meteor is three days away, it still doesn't, yeah, get your ice cream and go call all the people that you love that you never told you loved and apologize for all the things you did wrong that you never got told. Do all that fun stuff and, and, and like finishing up things as the world ends, but it's not. A, it's still not a time to give up hope because you mm. still got three days to enjoy and maybe oh. even be more free because, you know, there's no, you know, there's there's nothing to worry about after those three days. So I'm not sure how I've gotten into that sort of jaded bitter mindset i mean obviously repeat process over and over again if something keeps happening and you know the whole world was shut down and we were we won't get too much into it for obvious reasons but well you know know what i mean but i have to like interrupt you just a little bit because it just hit me that uh that's maybe that's like part of the problem like in the past couple years is that every day we're just facing like a crisis as a planet and we are all feeling like you know what screw it. Like this is, this is my last day on earth or like, this is my last year on earth. And maybe yeah. that's like, maybe that is um, something that's like subconsciously influencing all of us to live basically like nothing matters. Yeah. Continue. And not in the good way. Like that no. country song where the guy <laughs> finds out he's sick and he's like, I went skydive. It's not even like that. It's not like all the good shit. It's just like, I fucking sat in my house and watched videos all day. Cause nothing matters, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> But actually, I want to—I kind of want to connect it to this other thing that we were discussing earlier, which was 
crisis and manufactured crisis mm-hmm. and manufactured elements of our grid and how they're changing the way literally the frequency runs on this planet going back to this idea of like the delta and the theta being these creative and sleep states where a lot of like where you know you're getting like literally your spiritual experiences your meditative experiences your aha moments you're working out a science problem or you're an entrepreneur you get into those states to to touch the the thing that you were missing and pull back the last puzzle piece the schumann resonance is seven hertz or something like that and the theta resonance is between four and eight and so their sweet spot you might might even be able to argue is the seven what is it 7.2 or something hertz that's fascinating to me right and then the deep state is underneath that seven that schumann resonance hertz and that's where you go deep into the void of existence so to speak so now we're finding out huh the delta state yeah yeah so now we're finding out the schumann resonance is is going up higher and higher and higher. And and I think it's because of the grid. And the grid is directly connected to the internet, which also has us thinking fast and speedy. And it just seems like all this stuff is connected. And at the same time, some of us are coming out and feeling like all of a sudden, it's like, no, we can consciously create the world with our minds, which I feel is like those those lower frequency states, but we're all being forced into super high frequency where we can't even think straight. It's like, we're all on Mm -hmm. caffeine, even when we're not on it. And so not to get too much into woo woo conspiracy theories, but it kind of feels like they're trying to pull us out of our calm mind state to be able to create the world as we please. Right. Well, it's hard to like, imagine that it's not intentional, right? Like our whole society is kind of like structured around this, like, you have to be productive and like every day you have to be more productive than the day before. So it's always ramping up and it's net you're never getting like a release from that pressure. Yeah. And like you said, it, it is probably just to keep your, your brainwave state out of a place of creation. That's, yeah. that's what I think. Yeah. And then I, I, I personally agree with you. It, it feels architecture. It feels intentional. Um, whether there's, there's, there's an active conscious effort, whether or not maybe our collective shadow is overtaken us and is, mm. you know, you know, you, that, that shadow within you, you know, kind of aims to hurt you and make you feel bad about yourself. Maybe the collective shadow has just decided to throw itself over a cliff and take <laughs> us with it. You know what I mean? So it's subconscious that we're creating this grid and the internet's becoming, you know, when, we're, when, the, when the flip phone first came out, I was like Star Trek. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like being able to scan temperatures and, and, and like see, like read heartbeats and all this cool stuff. And it didn't go there. It became a 95% consumerism device where you're constantly intaking too much information Mm -hmm. for your brain to process. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder, it's, it goes back to this idea of the zero one and the feeding the good wolf and feeding the bad wolf. It's like you discover nuclear fission the, the most impactful technology out of that is a nuclear weapon, which when we used, we, you know, what was it? 250,000 people were deceased as a result of that. And it's mm-hmm. like, sure, we have some nuclear power plants too, and they've done okay, but there's nothing that we talk more about when we talk about nuclear fission than we talk about the great, like the most powerful weapons that have been created. And now we're creating this internet and ro- robotics and AI, and we have almost always dystopian movies 
about internet and AI. It's like, why are our brains in dark mode? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I have like a lot of thoughts about multiple points on there. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, like, it's like, it's the, it's the computer programming your brain now. It's the computer yeah. programming you and telling you what decisions to make, right? That's, it's creepy. It's creepy. It's turned around yeah. and it's actually feeding you the zeros and ones, right? Yeah. And, but then the question becomes, this is a really weird question, right? And maybe we can tap, tap into the spirit of Elon Musk real quick. You know, <laughs> I think Elon, I think Elon Musk, like as much as he's, he would say he's like a pessimistic optimist, right? Like he's looking forward to a good future, but he, he's really concerned about the negative ones. Um, but so this internet is created by human programmers. So they're writing the algorithms, but they, they've been writing them. I know the computer is like, right, probably writing some now at this point we've <laughs> talked about before. I was like, we probably don't even know how far along sentient AI actually is just like, we don't know how far along American military airplanes are. We all mm -hmm. think they're UFOs. They're probably just their planes 20 years uh, advanced yeah. in the future. I think we would be in horror and shock if we knew the truth about how far it, it has come. Yeah, like the 77th yeah. uh, floor underneath Area 51 would probably melt our brains immediately. <laughs> like, literally physically melt them. No. But, um, yeah, so I mean, the question for that is like, okay, so obviously it seems like the internet is trying to collect us, mm. right? But we right. all right. Yeah, matrix harvesting our yeah, something. and what's well, terrifying too because they're making pods now, they're making the gamer beds. It's 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 like it's just it's just like <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> like what you see in the movie is like that takes an hour and a half. You can see this happening over twenty years time where it's like people are. It was the phone was in your pocket and then it went like this and then it went like this and now it's going like this over your eyes and now you're being pushed back into a bed <laughs> and you're being told not to get out of your house and it's like whoa but human beings are the ones that are setting all these mandates too and creating the mm -hmm. technology the way they are zuckerberg's pushing the hell out of meta and and everyone knows how zuckerberg is he's not to we say too much about him He's we know he's not a human, well, right? Like you say, yeah, human. Yeah. Everybody knows Zuck's a, a robot. Sorry, uh, we've all seen him drink water at the congressional hearing. Okay, <laughs> all right. Okay. We've all heard him admit when I used to be human. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, Zuckerberg's only thing he cares about is how many eyeballs he has on his. He doesn't care that it's if it's a good, meaningful thing that's good for people's health. He's purposely pushed through the algorithm for negative comments and negative reactions on posts for those posts to do better. And you see that on TikTok too. Um, I don't know how much, if it's if it's so much on YouTube, but the more scandalous, like frustrating stuff, that's what's pushed. And what's interesting to me is it's not as simple as, well, that causes more comments and more interaction. Interesting things would do that too. I don't want to, I don't, I don't like hearing that if it bleeds, it leads. We're yeah. not obsessed with our limbic system in the fear response. We've been pushed to be obsessed with it. Right. Fun dialogue, interesting conversations are a lot more fun than being in a fear state. Right. Yeah, they are more fun, but they're not as 
they don't grab our attention as much though because yeah. the whole point of the limbic system i think is to recognize danger and so anything that seems dangerous to us is what we latch on to so it's like yeah maybe maybe there's like, like i think there's like a control element where these things are being pushed to us and then i think there's like a part the reason it works so well is because our brain is wired to latch on to those things so then we have of, to yeah like it's like a chicken and egg situation it's like are we training the algorithm to feed us information about danger right it's responding immediately just to the data that it's getting because we're more likely to think about preserving our own life than to enjoy life yeah yeah that's an interesting way of looking at it so that's yeah that so like i guess that's the that's what was leading to my question is that okay we have human programmers with their own agendas and bf skinner right has laid the groundwork for how we see psychology as opposed to people like like maslow and young unfortunately something happened in the 70s where they're like throw all that away we're just going to behaviorally program people and of course that's Mm -hmm. really had a huge impact in silicon valley but also like you're saying as as the internet becomes a super intelligence is it just responding to normal human nature or we have to also consider the fact that there's a lot of corruption in the world and it wasn't always like that. We are going through a difficult time. And at the same time, the advent of the internet just happens to be coming out at the same time that global empire is falling. Mm, and we're, and we're and, yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like, if I think for instance, if they, if the internet was created at the height of Greek thought or when the Egyptians were building the pyramids, maybe it would have responded differently because everyone, there was less corruption. There was more order and harmony in the world. Like people like philosophical debate was what really enticed people. But we're going through this existential crisis as a society, what we're doing to the planet, what we do to each other. And at the same time, the internet is self-learning and trying to adapt to what we are. It's almost like you caught us on a bad day. (laughs) <laughs> right, but it doesn't matter because the internet's programmed to try to understand us and do what it's supposed to do. That's an interesting chicken or egg question. You're absolutely right. Yeah, caught us on a bad day, and now it's just going to amplify that into eternity. <laughs> Great. You wow. <laughs> that was big. That's yeah. huge. All right, so you know how do you how do you break that right as one little person in the world who gets it to a certain extent, like, like what you just said, blew my mind. I never thought about it that way, but to a certain extent, we understand what's happening. We know what to do, except when you're that one person in the room, that's like care bear energy. Let's radiate this and let's be positive. And and you know, it's the right way. Even if you're being wise about it, because there's a, there's a, there's an element of balance there, but you have to protect the inner child with an adult warrior you can't just have naive love and compassion. It's all going to be okay if we spread light, you know? That's that's yeah. BS, right? But there's a wisdom in being able to emanate compassion, empathy, love, yeah. while also not getting messed with. But despite that, if you're one person, you go into a room with 20 other or 19 other people that are crabs in a bucket, pulling each other down, don't want to hear about the corruption in the world, don't believe there's anything besides the material world and you can't really change anything. It's very deterministic. You're just a cog in the machine. 
Mm. What do you do in that situation besides join an exodus of people leaving, right? It's like, what, what, are, what are your solutions in a society that seems to be going like a train off a cliff and, um, and it's a global society, so there's really nowhere to run and hide? Yeah, it actually makes me wonder if like, because I mean, my first instinct is like, oh, I don't know, give up, give up. Like, it's like, it's so, it's like a David and Goliath kind of situation where it's like, this is so, it seems insurmountable. Uh, yeah. But it makes me question whether there's going to be some great severing between people who are, who are uh, just getting eaten alive, basically, by the system, by, by the beast, by the, the, the AI and all the negativity, right? The wars or whatever is going on yeah. um, versus the people who are like, wait a minute, I want to take back my life. I want to take back control. Uh, and I don't want to live this way. I don't want to live this way. I don't want to constantly give in to fear and anger and all these lower level emotions. I don't want those things to run me because I think yeah. you and I have noticed lately that there's, I mean, there are groups of us who are, who are like, you know, fuck this. Like, like, I don't, I don't want to sink on that ship. Maybe, maybe yeah. I'll just get on a different one. I don't yeah. know. What do you think? Do you think it's a severing or do you think it's more of like a, a battle for control or for? When everything sort of popped off, um, you know, 2020, like the very beginning of it, which is weird because I think a lot of us felt like, whoa, something big's coming, coming and we didn't know what it was. We just know something was happening. And then, of course, the, the big C came out and, and uh, changed absolutely everything but at the same time like you said there's all these other narratives right increased ufo activity when is ai going to start talking to us global war i mean social social breakdown like the culture wars become a place where everyone just screams at each other so all of these things are running in line it's like how is this all happening at once so the situation becomes hyper complicated because how do you seek reason because when you're full of virtue, you're not screaming. You're not being loud. You're not using deception. You're not being flashy. You're just talking in a reasonable way. Mm. And there's there's no there's no soapbox for that right now in the yeah. global conversation. So how do you engage in the social war or the culture war, right? Like, when, like I said, when I started in 2020, I jumped on board. I started a podcast, tons of Facebook messages. I got on TikTok. And yeah. And although there was like individual people like you inspired me and I changed, I changed this. That's nice. But those mm. are the same people that are most of the time probably suffering immensely because now they have a little more truth. They want to change things. And it just seems like this machine is, has no time to listen to any criticism. It's like, I'm going down this road. That's obviously terrifying and destructive. Mm. And it doesn't matter that you, you, you're providing an alternative solution. But at the same time, sometimes you see major gains. You see people creating awesome, you know, technologies and inventions that are cleaning all the crap and garbage out of the oceans, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not getting any, they're not getting any love from, from our major news stations. It's all the people screaming, but it's, yeah. it's getting done. So I think it's like two things. I'm sorry, I won't keep running on. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, two, okay, good, thank you, thank you. Um, 
two things is you fight the good fight in the small ways where you can have a meaningful impact directly and keep yourself out of the light. And you also dedicate a lot of your time to just building a new way and Mm -hmm. preparing for collapse if it happens, because it's like, we know where they're going. We've seen all the videos of all the different people that believe these insane things and only respond in anger and don't have any compassion for other people. And for some reason, after uh, 10,000 years of advanced civilization, we're still worried about skin color and sexuality. And there's all this other nonsense. And you're just like, no, no, this is, this is backwards. We're going in a backwards direction. So I guess my thing is, I don't think there's anything to do in the larger conversation. I think if you get ever get big enough to actually make an impact, you get a phone call, you get a knock at the door and mm. you change the way you're acting. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Well, or, or you don't. And then uh, whatever happens, happens. Right. <laughs> I, you end but, up in uh, Texas. Uh, what's that? Uh, you end up in Dallas, Texas in a convertible. Uh, without yeah, yeah. your your uh, your secret service, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you were talking just now, like I made this connection uh, to something we were talking about earlier, like before we started recording, which is this: uh, you were talking about all the noise that's being made, like all of these uh, flashy, like negative things that are just being like thrown in our face constantly. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about what we were talking about, 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 uh, the nature of reality being this steady, like back to the Delta wave. So very low yeah. frequency, slow wave. And that's like the truth, right? That's like, yeah. that's base reality. And then all of the noise is like up here and it's like, all of that can go on. But at the end of the day, when it fizzles out it burns itself out, it self-destructs, it collapses we're still back here. We're still back to this lower wave where we can see what's really going on. We can see that love is this, this steady frequency that carries things through. Like it's easy to think that, um, that you're being drowned out by all the noise because it's so loud. It's so overwhelming. It's destabilizing, makes you feel like your world's crumbling, but then when you when your world has crumbled you look around and this this low level wave is still there yeah yeah it's and it's really beautiful because um slow and steady wins the race right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's it has those those sort of characteristics of endurance right when yeah. someone's going like this it's going to burn out really quick right where the where the other one's just like let's just chill everything's good slow and steady wins the race type of thing. So it's kind of funny that that's, that fills in and that fits mm-hmm. on top of that is like going back to the actual science or technical aspect of it, the human resonance being seven Hertz being close to the theta. It's like the earth's still here, just waiting for us to calm, calm down, yeah. take down all those cell towers that are bugging things out and harp or CERN or whatever the heck those machines are doing the electrical Mm. grid that's across the entire planet. Like it just, and we're all busy moving around, like trying to chase something. We don't even know what it is. Like we don't even have a mission statement. Like Mm -hmm. no one, if you ask human beings like, well, what do we, do you know where we're going? 
Like, what are we trying to accomplish? No one knows what the hell is going on. No one's going to be able to say, oh, we're trying to, our main goal in humanity is to, to, to colonize the solar system or something, you know? No one knows what that, we're just a bunch of dogs chasing cars at this point, mm. and there's really no purpose to it. It's like we're just being pushed by some fear behind us, and the earth's just sitting there like, yo, life is so much more easy. It's so much more chill. Mm. Like, gather the food, sit down and eat together, dance by the fire, go to sleep, wake up yeah. and talk about your dreams and do it again. And every now and then you're going to have some cool idea, right? And, and maybe you'll, maybe you'll, you'll expand civilization or whatever, but start at the basics because we've lost our way. We have no idea what we want anymore. Mm. We're just doing things. It's very strange. And yeah. Well, you know, I, it makes me think that like, that's actually the purpose of this. Um, just to cause mass confusion so you cannot find your footing at all. Like, because you're saying, okay, if you ask anybody what the main objective is, they're not going to be able to tell you. I would say that they will tell you, depending on how plugged in they are to the, to the system, they'll tell you whatever the headline says that day. And the yeah. point is that the headline's constantly changing. So you don't have any long-term goal. You're basically stuck chasing the dopamine hits day to yeah. day because mm -hmm. there's there's nothing to strive for there's nothing to look forward to there's nothing that stays the same it's uh it's yeah. like this concerted effort to make sure that everything is so unstable you cannot find your way back yeah and so what i would assume immediately because i'm a bit of a pessimist is <laughs> if this machine is trying to make us lose our footing. That means because somebody else is trying to gain footing on us. Like they're mm -hmm. trying to step their foot in. So we, they have to make space by tripping us up because they want more of what we have. They want more of our rights. They want more of our power. They want more of our attention. Um, so, you know, big questions I've asked myself over and over again, I still don't really have an answer is who's the big baddie. Mm -hmm. You know, at what level is this? Is this just at the human material level? Has the internet actually turned on us already and it's been turned on us for a decade? <laughs> and this is literally all the internet doing this? Like, do they go in a room under the Pentagon a thousand feet and listen to a, a little black box, tell them what to do next, right? <laughs> like, do they have, is that their God now? And it's like, what do we do next? It's like, you know, uh, create a global war, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, well, how is this? Oh, no, don't worry. It's going to be over in just 20 minutes and you're, it's going to be world peace. And it's like, what they're really trying to do is just get us to exterminate each other. Like, we don't know what they're doing down there, right? And I really think it gets down to almost like this religious thing for them, for some of these people. I mean, you talk to people from Silicon Valley, it's like, this is their God, mm. right? They, they're aware they're making it, but they believe that once it's made, it'll transcend them. It'll be mm. greater than them. And, and they will rely on that thing to be the first ever real tangible God that human mm. beings have ever had. So I don't know exactly where I was going with that. Well, uh, yeah, well, it's, I just want to say it's like, that's their God, but they are its God also because they're the, mm -hmm. they created it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, like you said, if you ask, somebody like what's the mission of the world like like what for like three years now some people will tell you just trying to survive this mm -hmm. global thing that's mm -hmm. going to get everybody they're in a completely different reality than the next person who is like you know just waiting for that nuke to drop right mm -hmm. like that's another 
it's it's not not just that it's diversified day to day. Sometimes it's diversified person to person, depending on what channel they're watching. Fox News is going to give you something completely different than CNN is going to give you something different than Vox or or whatever it is. And every single one of them, like the the primary line that's similar is they're all trying to get you to be upset and, and, and that, afraid. Yeah, upset and afraid. And then we have to ask ourselves, well, what what's accomplished there? Like you said, no focus, no organization. You're going to be led wherever it tells you to lead. You know what I mean? Like you you become subservient. It, it puts you in sheep mindset. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. So, yeah. So like that's that's the whole mechanism for overriding what we started out talking about, which is your own volition, basically, your ability. Yeah to make each decision from a place where it's not being just insanely influenced by outside forces, like choices that come from a med like a deep meditative state or like uh, just a calm state even, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I remember the question I wanted to ask you. Okay. Um, Big Daddy and what's the objective? Like, like some thoughts, because I know you haven't really picked one, but I, 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 I feel like you, you, you go back and forth. It's like, is it this? Is it that? What to speculate for me? Who the big baddie is, oh and what the God. big bad, and what the big baddie wants? Is it a person? Is it a collective of people? Is it the internet? Is it aliens? Is it Bigfoot? What do you, what do you think is going on? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> yeah, the big baddie. Even, even just speculating on the different theories you have. Hmm. I feel like it's a, I feel like it's an energy. I feel like it's an energy and the baddie, like, I think picking the baddie would be no matter what you picked would still not quite be correct because it can, uh, it can move through us. Right. Yeah. That's, like that's my spirit of, unsatisfying answer no no because it brings up another question which is well the other the other question is you know what what seems to be its actual ultimate objective like i've talked about the machine of suffering right the beast system seemingly being something that manifests suffering and trauma and then uh compliance right and uh you giving up your freedom and liberty and giving your full attention and energy and willpower you know, to build the new pyramids as slaves. Mm. Um, so, if, you know, if it's an energy, is it a conscious, sentient energy? Is it more like some sort of thing we don't quite understand yet? Is it higher dimensional? Is it a schism, a broken aspect of, of our reality? Like something's happening in a, something, in a place we can't even comprehend, but there's like a wave of something that's passing through the reality right now like the way the Buddhists talk about the yugas, right? We're in a Kali yuga right now. This is just the pendulum swinging to the opposite side. We go through these things. Uh, what do you think there? I mean, to be honest, like, because I'm pretty out there, I like, I think I lean towards there being like entities that are trying to influence people like i i even wonder like how much i mean i don't actually think this this is the reality i don't think this is the base reality so then yeah. might 
you know, it leaves me wondering what's on the other side and what's pulling the strings because it feels very coordinated. It, it does feel like there's, there's something, some kind of entity or system behind it. Like, uh, it's hard. I don't know. Hard to put my finger on. What would you say? What do you think? It's funny. Cause when you were talking, am I still there? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's what I think. Right. Start talking about it. Things get weird on the internet. Anyway, um, mm -hmm. when you were talking, I thought the same word, coordination. Mm. When I was struggling with whether or not this was just our own trauma, collective shadow, coming from ourselves, bouncing around, moving from person to person in some organic way, the same way someone might catch a cold and then give it to somebody else and then like catch a spirit of fear mm. and then pass it on. That's happening. The issue is you'll find these little times of intelligent coordination. Um, Jacques mm. Vallée talks a lot about this in his books. He, he has books called The Invisible College, Passport to Magonia, where he discusses how there's always been like the elves or the Baphomet or the flying angels or the dragons or the UFOs. And they, they, they take on different skins relative to the cultural beliefs of the people at the time so it seems to be intelligent it seems to be masquerading itself as whatever we would acquiesce to yeah right and it seems to have an agenda that is counter to what humans would actually want for ourselves we'd lean toward mm. prosperity and happiness and ecstasy and progress but we seem to be getting closer to suffering and anger and confusion and lack of organization and disharmony. So yeah, it, it, it feels as if there is something of an antithesis here that goes beyond just self-loathing and self-hatred and self-sabotaging on some massive consciousness scale. Mm, an alien invasion. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like, who knows? I mean, knows like, I, I'm not ruling it out, to be honest with you. Yeah. And what if it's even like more complicated than that? Like not even like, I know when we say alien, it could be your understanding that it doesn't have to be spaceships on the white house lawn. It could be a different dimension. It could be like mm -hmm. what the, what the Quran says about the genies live on the edge of fire, mm. which to me translates as they're outside the visible light spectrum. Mm. So you can't see them, but every now and then they, they live on the edge. So every now and then they slip over a little and that's what a ghost is. That's when you like think you've hallucinated, but you've actually probably seen something that's actually real or how scientists say um, we may have evolved to stop seeing certain things mm -hmm. um, because they were scary, but they weren't physically dangerous to us, but they could mess with our heads. So we literally evolved our cones and rods over time because the people that could see them lost their freaking minds and didn't have yeah. kids. So we eventually evolved to not see all the weird shit outside the visible light spectrum. And so, yeah, what if we had some interdimensional invasion 10,000 years ago and they've been kind of evolving at the same speed as us and they, they, they whisper in the ears of certain people say, oh, you should, you should research this, we should research that. Did you mm -hmm. cut in? Oh, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. Okay. I want to give you uh, one cool story. I may have told you this before. I think it was Rene Descartes. It was Rene Descartes or the other guy that's just like Rene Descartes. Um, he, 
he or this other person was part of forget which military it might have been from england but they were going it was it was it was christian based military they were going to uh uh to uh, i think it was czechoslovakia wherever prague is to quell an alchemical rebellion mm. of people who are alchemists who are more like nature based they wanted to basically create their own society and these this christian uh country sent their warriors to go to go squash this rebellion they were mm. successful on the way home rene descartes lays down has a dream an angel comes to him and says the world will be conquered with measure and number. Hmm. From there, the basis of the scientific theory was created and materialism as a philosophy was born. Whoa. Which led to things like the internet and TV and propaganda yeah. and, and like the current politics that we have and the way we see the economy, everything and the way we treat nature. Because if we have a materialistic nature is mute mentality, We'll tear it up. We'll chop it up. We'll do whatever we need to, 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 to conquer nature. It's an angel telling man to conquer nature, not work with it, harmonize it, prosper with it, conquer it, zero mm -hmm. sum game. And that feels, and it right when this Christian thing was, was, was basically quelling a philosophy that was the antithesis to that. It was respect and harmony with nature, not conquering it, understanding it was intelligent and having dialogue with it. That's the alchemical way. And that night he just happens to get the basis of all materialism, which does the opposite of that. It seems mm -hmm. highly strange. That does seem intelligent. That does seem like something else that was like, in, in, in 300 years, they will have the computer systems for us to completely control them. If we can convince this guy right now mm. to start the scientific revolution that became secularism, that became atheism, et cetera. Yeah, I told you science is a new God. I just didn't know how yeah. right I was. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's a great way to do it. Um, because science is the antithesis, antithesis to religion, right? Because it's like, it's like out to uh, say, oh, well, you know, you, you can only see this part of the world, so that's all that exists. And we can measure it, and we can show you, like you said, measure and number, right? Yeah. So even though we, like, we know there are things we can't see, right? Infrared light exists, right? Yeah. Uh, sound exists, right? And we perceive it, and yeah. we know there are uh, pitches we can't perceive. Mm -hmm. But somehow it's, it's completely insane to think there's anything beyond the physical world that we can measure and document take photos of yeah hmm. and that maybe something out there is intelligent that's the most mind-blowing thing to me is one when you mention the supernatural in any way shape or form science scoffs at that we real science pure science is curious like it wants to know everything that's curious bigfoot ufos spaceships <laughs> go that's wild and there's too many stories that seem to line up with each other there's no way it's a massive conspiracy of regular people across the entire planet some of them never had phones in their life are are constructing a conspiracy where they all tell you the same type of being lands in a craft and takes them on board and does this that and the third or the ghost of the person that looks just like a person that died there 30 years ago and mm. science will not even look at it which is highly suspect
to me, that says the priesthood at the top is telling them they're not allowed to. Yeah, exactly. Because if it were true science, you'd just be able to ask those questions and go explore. And it didn't matter what you found. If you found it to be true or not, you would at least be allowed to pursue it. But you're right. It is yeah. like it is like a religion with a council at the top saying, these are the only things you're allowed to study because that is, those are our commandments. Yeah. But it's interesting enough is that it actually, it actually succeeds at doing the same thing religion did which was box out certain wisdoms about reality from the public, right? Mm -hmm. They really, like some people believe that these high priests in the religion know what's really going on. And they've just told a different story that seems like it. Like, here's your God. Here's what they want you to do. So now they just have a more, more cut and dry version. There's no God. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Like they just completely locked the door. Where back in the day, they were like, oh, no, no, like, there's a God, and this is what it believes. And then some of it really seemed like great information. Some of it was kind of weird. Ooh. You could tell some of it wasn't adding up. Like, you talk about how the Christ story really resonates with you, but the old law, it's a bit weird, right? And so, but no one would, would allow questioning of that. But I think that's how it works is, like, they couldn't be all bad. No one would subscribe to it. But just mm -hmm. lunacy, some narcissistic psychopath God that burns people and, mm -hmm. and tells people to go to war with each other. You couldn't get on that. So there had to be good parts of it or they had to bring in some of the truth to it. Now it just seems like we've so lost our discernment and focus that they can just use something very sterile and we're just going to accept it because we're not in touch with that, that deeper self. So mm -hmm. for me, it's like the supernatural. The supernatural is untouchable and it just happens to be the place where we discover if there was a nefarious character <laughs> that was at the top of this weaving the webs. Mm. It's, it's a very interesting tight circle that you're never allowed to step into where the people that we assume that are maybe being um, manipulated by potential beings are the same people that are not allowing us to look into anything that would help us discover if there were. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty interesting. And the thoughts I had that came up when, when you're talking about this is that it's like religion, it's like God was hijacked, like the, the concept of God, right? And like knowing what God is and, and connecting with God. It's like religion was put into place as a control system to like really narrow your, your thoughts on, on what you can do and what you can believe. And now they've just constructed this entirely new control system, which is this scientific and technological control system and what they want to do is they want to move you away from religion where at least you had the concept of God, like this, uh, this, yep. this idea of God existed there. And there was like some hope in that as well. And now they want to transition you completely over to the new control system in which God is completely destroyed. Yeah. It's like, you know, boiling frog almost, right? Mm -hmm. one little step at a time i mean religion obviously evolved massively from things like the mysticisms right sufism gnosticism uh kabbalah right hermeticism alchemy like these real natural zoroastrianism those were like if you read those you're like oh wow this is this is legit i feel good this makes sense this is about exploring your own divinity and respecting the divinity and all of creation mm -hmm. and seeking a higher principle, which we call God or whatever. And then slowly it decays, it decays, it decays, blood sacrifice. You're a sinner. Feel bad. You're bad. Mm -hmm. God is a jealous God. 
da 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 And then, so it evolved to that, that point where then passes the ball of science and they make the big kill. And like Nietzsche said, God is dead, right? Like that's, yeah. that's what happens. But we the them. transition from good religion to bad religion was also like a 2000 year process. This took them a long time to get to this point where they've really, they've really uh, hollowed us out, you know, so they could say something like God doesn't exist, right? Mm -hmm. That's very true. Yeah. So I just want to say at this point in the conversation, for, for my end, like you're lagging a lot. Like your video is lagging a lot. Really? Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I just want to say. Yeah. Um, how long has it been lagging like that? Just for me, for a couple of minutes, like it was doing it like a little bit, but the more we're talking about this, like very, <laughs> yeah, this is a very specific thing. It's getting worse. <laughs> yeah. Give me a second. I'm just going to make sure I, I thought I just reset the internet. Just give me one second. I'm not, I, worst comes, I'll be able to jump back in is what I'm saying. Give me one second. Okay. Am I still here? Yes. <laughs> yep. My internet's fine. Uh, okay. Uh, Perfect. It's so, it's, well, it's funny one that we decided to talk about one thing and then we went to, we went to the thing, like Too it's far. the thing, <laughs> you know, and, but it's, but it's interesting because all roads lead to the thing. Yes. <laughs> you know, can't not. bad guy. <laughs> And then, like you said, technical difficulties, and it happens every single time. It happens. Am I still lagging, or am I good now? Yeah, yeah, it's it's better now. <laughs> it's yeah, so like, my internet was fine. Like, if there, if it's not fine, I'll sign out. And when I sign back in, it brings me to a new web browser, and it reconnects and resigns me. And it didn't do that. It's just, God, it's so fascinating. <laughs> are, is your is your screens blinking black like mine are? Blinking black? No. Mine every now and then. Mine will go black and it'll be a white wheel for a second. Then yours will go black and it'll be a white wheel for a second. And, it, and oh, it's okay. been happening over and over. That's why I said, oh, that's weird. Oh, you probably didn't. Okay. You probably wondered before when I kept on saying that's weird. It's because I will blink black and do a wheelie spin. And then yours will blink black and do a wheelie spin. It's been happening, like I said, 20, 30, 40 times. So you might see yeah. it on the recording. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Maybe we should. <laughs> Let's talk about the weather. Well, I was going to ask, uh, how long do you want this to go, by the way? This is a first one. Test we can call it now. I mean, an hour is pretty good. Okay. Well, I think we should, wait, should we tie in, tie up the loose ends here? Was there anything to tie up? Oh, um, the Matrix is alive. And if you ever talk about the great alien <laughs> reptilian overlords, they will overload your system and you won't be able to get the message out. <laughs> Moral of the story. Mm -hmm. Every time you talk about these things, there'll be technical difficulties, and all of a sudden your internet won't work, and a fly will come in the room and try to smack you in the head, and you'll get a call from somebody that who stopped talking to years ago, and they'll tell you about all these problems they're having, and they'll drag you in and tell them to come visit you. And yeah, all all the stuff. Agent Smith will fill out everything, and you just have to pay attention. Like we said in the beginning of it, take a deep breath, do the stuff that's good for you, and just say no to Agent Smith and all <laughs> of his different methods. Perfect. That's Beautiful. It. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs>
So that goes for episode one. Uh, let's maybe next time we'll just <laughs> give Agent Smith a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for having this wonderful conversation with me. Yeah, thank you. I'll see you sometime, you know? See you on the other side. Around. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>